Why, hello and welcome. Welcome to the Peer Pressure Podcast. I am Diane, sometimes known as Diane Kamikaze, and I am your host. The reason why I do this podcast is because I like to say I am a champion of heavy music. I've always found my favorite songs since I was a young kid had riffs, hooks, were either metal, hardcore, hard rock, or punk, or something fairly aggressive in attitude and sound. And I am all about appreciating the people that keep that world going, whether they're musicians, webmasters, other podcasters, record label and festival owners. It's important to me to recognize what these people do in that realm of music. So I am here to bring them to you in a different context, more than a Wikipedia entry or a press release, a little more personal and a lot more fun. I'm a rocker for life, and I hope these episodes do make a difference. Send me feedback at diane at wfmu.org. And my Facebook page is Diane Kamikaze Farris, Rocker for Life. Like my page there, and I will keep everybody updated on podcast episodes in that space. Thanks so much for listening, and stay tuned. And today we're talking to Elise from Heavy Temple, who are from Philadelphia. She will tell you all about the band. They are playing in uh, August at the Muddy Roots Festival in Cokeville, Tennessee. And you can check them out on their Bandcamp, heavytemple.bandcamp.com. My guest is Elise from Heavy Temple. How are you? Uh, I'm well. Thank you very much. Awesome. And we are at the Decibel uh, Beer and Metal Fest. Yes, we are. Metal and Beer Fest. I'll mm-hmm. say metal first. I don't know what their emphasis is. I think is. metal and then beer. Okay. Very good. Equal amounts. Awesome. <laughs> so Heavy Temple is a three-piece. Yes. And where are you guys based? Uh, Philadelphia. And can you tell me about the makeup of the band and sort of how the band got together, how long sure. you've been together for? Um, so I, uh, I'd had a few bands before Heavy Temple that didn't really, um, there was nothing really that came to fruition. So I wrote the first album in my basement in 2012. And I got the first album, or uh, I'm sorry, the first lineup together. Uh, in 2012 Um, and it was myself and my two friends Andy and Sean and then they both had to go on to do other things so it was me and these two guys and then it was me and uh, this other guy and then it was me and Tina and then it was me and Tina and Brandon (laughs) and then it was me and Tina and Leanne and now it's myself and uh, two other gentlemen that I have the fortune of playing with um, so this is our sixth incarnation. Awesome. Like guess. you said, you wrote the record basically yeah. first, and yeah. then you got players with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I was pretty heartbroken after the band before this broke up, and I had these ideas, and I uh, I didn't really have like a goal. I just sort of wanted to have songs that I could play in front of people. And um, so I was fortunate enough to meet Andy and Sean, and uh, it's kind of 
taken on its own thing from there. So um, then because you wrote the whole first record, mm-hmm. are you really sort of the the one with the vision and all the music and you tell everybody how it should go or are you taking uh, more contributions? I, 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 I don't want to take all the credit because I really like, I sort of have like a, a baseline Pardon the pun. <laughs> um, I have like sort of a, a baseline for what's going on, and then I just sort of ask people to play what they feel comfortable playing, or like what they think fits what's what I'm writing. Um, and so, I mean, with the first album, I did write like most of the guitar parts and the drum parts. Um, with the exception of like the guitar solos Um, but I had like an idea of what I wanted and then with um, the second album I sort of started writing that in between um, lineup changes so I I can't take credit you know for for what everybody else has put into the band Mm -hmm. and for their like the parts that they've written for the band but like I sort of have like the foundation and then I just have sort of asked people to come in and play what they feel um, fits Mm -hmm. the songs so you it's your vision and then you're creating a place for contribution within that yes that's a good way that's a good way to put it (laughs) yeah Um, can I ask you about your beautiful bass Uh, yes and just for the audience, so she is a gorgeous star it's base, and like the headstock <laughs> and the body are both stars. It's a um, it's a Warwick reissue of the uh, Bootsy Collins base oh that he was God. playing in in Parliament Funkadelic, and I love Funkadelic, not in any way comparing myself to Bootsy Collins because it's a tall order. He's it's a tall order. Yeah. Yes, yeah. we were just sort of like looking up pointy bases. That's what I put into Google, and Google gave me the Starbase, um, so I bought it, <clears throat> and it sat in its case for about two weeks because I was worried that I would look like a total asshole <laughs> playing a Starbase, and then one of my friends played it, and it looked good as he was playing it, and so then I plugged it in, and I was like, well, this sounds really good too, so then I played it and it sounded good and it looked good and I do have a Fender as my backup which I have had to sort of lean on a few times but the Starbase is my primary I guess mm-hmm. in you know and and especially with heavy music it does make a difference what your gear is uh, whether it's instruments or amps or pedals or whatever all else but so I, um, I was really kind of nervous that the Starbase would just look cooler than it sounded. <laughs> but um, ultimately, it ended up sounding as good as it looked. So, well, and I think, and just if I can offer this to you, it's like so people like it creates the audience sort of focusing like mm-hmm. like you stand back and you're like watching the band and also you're like what the hell is she playing <laughs> so everybody gets closer and and gets you know and like yeah. checks it out like sort yeah. of like I definitely I switched from where I was like watching the band mm. when I mm-hmm. noticed and I got like a different vantage point and then it was sort of like oh and it and it also has this 
large stage thing. Like if you're way up close, like mm -hmm. playing in like a smaller place, mm -hmm. like you don't see it as much, but mm -hmm. from far away with spotlights, it looks incredible. Like, That's good just to know. So you know. It's like it's just like oh, we're playing well, a big venue. Oh. I, I mean, when I like when I go see a band, like I'm definitely looking to see like oh, what like what kind of pedals are you playing and yeah. what kind of bass are you playing and I'm kind of like checking out your gear and seeing what kind of amps you got going on. So I definitely have had a few times where people are like oh, Bootsy or like what kind of bass is that? But it was not. I can't say it was intentional. Mm -hmm. It was just one of those things that yeah. internet search, and then now that's well, what I play. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> does the top point hit your stomach? Like, does it? Um, it's it's definitely different. Like the the Fender is. I will say that the Fender is slightly more uh, comfortable. I think mm -hmm. just because of the weight distribution on the bass. So with the star bass, most of the weight seems to be in the headstock. But again, the way that the star bass is shaped, it's like comfortable to kind of like rest your forearm on. Oh, so okay. you can like give it a little bit of weight. It takes all the pressure off your left hand when you're playing. Yeah. It took a while to mm -hmm. get used to. Yeah. Um, oh, you, it, it's yeah. definitely, you can't play it with a pick. <laughs> yeah, now that I've been playing it for like the better part of a year, it's a growing relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you said that you wrote like the entire first record yourself. Mm -hmm. Did you write it on bass? Do you play other instruments? Um, like, what was your method of doing that? Well, I wrote it on guitar, acoustic guitar. Actually, I, <laughs> I had, I had my appendix taken out, <laughs> and so I had like about a month of recovery before I went to work, back to work. And um, all I had was, I had like a, uh, a Yamaha acoustic. So I just wrote things, I guess, as a guitarist would write them. Although I'm, I, I'm not a guitarist, I'm definitely a bass player, but I, I wrote the first album on this acoustic guitar. And then I went through on like GarageBand and sort of like, programmed in the drums it was very rudimentary uh -huh. <laughs> yeah I, I like I, I just had all this time to kill so I was like okay well I guess you know my previous band had broken up and I was sort of destitute and sad and you know I was like oh what am I gonna do so I just wrote this album and was kind of waiting for like the right people to play it and then I found a couple guys who were into playing some live shows and they each had their own thing going on so I knew they were always kind of on borrowed time but that sort of ended up happening sooner rather than later and then uh you know so it's just been through all these like iterations and but uh I'm very much looking forward to we're working on a new record now. Um, we have still guitars and vocals to do, but... Um, oh, so you're actually in the recording process. Yeah, oh, of, cool. the, of the third album, mm -hmm. um, which we're recording out of our own basement. But So the fourth album, I'm looking forward to having that be a bit more of a collaborative mm -hmm. effort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What was a high point here at the festival this weekend? We saw Inner Arma here on Friday um, and they're fantastic I've, I'm sure I've probably told everybody in Inner, in Inner Arma how good they are <laughs> um, 
but it's just cool to uh it's cool to be able to play something like this um in our hometown yeah there's a little bit less pressure i guess when you're playing somewhere else because you can set the bar a little bit lower because nobody really knows who you are (laughs) um but like in philly you know we have some friends and people have seen us before and so uh we really wanted to be on point tonight but the whole fest has been great the great communication um they've set everything up really well um albert and alex have been doing most of the uh like administrative work and like all of the logistics and stuff you know it's just been really great to to see other bands that we know and also to like see and meet other bands that that we like um and that we probably would otherwise not get a chance to see i mean like seeing Triptychon, it's just (sighs) that's one of those things that just doesn't happen all the time right and and being able to play on a stage where other people who you go see bands and you're like damn like i it would be super cool to like either play with them or play on the same stage and then to be in a venue where other bands that you respect and kind of have helped mold what you're doing um being able to play on that same stage is it's pretty wild (laughs) well thank you very much oh thank you and that concludes another podcast episode thank you so much for tuning in more on the way i am diane kamikaze check my twitter and my instagram handle is one word diane kamikaze kamikaze ends with an e on facebook you can find me as diane kamikaze Farris, Rocker for Life, and Making a Difference. The full link to my uh, index of shows and podcasts is can be found on wfmu.org slash playlists slash DK. Those are, that's a capital D and a capital K. I'm going to be working on encore presentations, and I've got years of interviews and podcasts. So if there's something that you'd like to see reposted that you missed, please get in touch. Send me email, diane at wfmu.org. And be sure to subscribe to the show. And if you like it, please rate it and review it. Wow. WFMU. Peer pressure. Thank you. See you next time.